Chapter 13 Christmas Day Revelations Christmas Day, December 25th, 148 Festive Lane, 6.55 a.m. Michael was sleeping soundly, spooning with his wife as he lay in their king-size bed under the warmth of a down comforter. His eyes opened slowly as the aroma of freshly brewed coffee titillated his nose. Still half asleep, Michael thought Ariana had gotten up and made breakfast until he realized she was still lying beside him. It dawned on him that yesterday was not a dream. It actually happened. The laughter and music he could barely detect from downstairs confirmed his thoughts. He sat up in bed and yawned as he put on his robe. He hoped that the guests had not wakened David or the baby. During all of the previous night's chaos, Michael forgot to place the Christmas presents by the tree for the traditional Christmas morning ritual of opening the toys Santa delivered while they all slept. He knew David would be very disappointed if he ran down from his bedroom and into the family room to find a tree without colorfully wrapped presents surrounding it. Poor kid will think Santa left his toys in Florida instead, Michael said to himself. As Michael walked out of the bedroom, he shut the door softly not to wake Ariana. Toward the winding stairway, he heard laughter and giggles coming from the guest room down the narrow hall. He knocked on the six-panel hardwood door. Hey, you two better be of age in there. Michael started to walk away laughing and then heard a response from the room. Don't you worry about us, Mikey. We're doing just fine. Uncle Wally? asked Michael. Who's in there with you? Just little old me, Michael, responded Ariana's Aunt Lucille. Aunt Lucy? Michael asked. Uncle Wally, you should be ashamed of yourself. Wait until Aunt Louise hears about this. The guest room's door flew open, and Uncle Wally, wearing only a white sheet, came running after Michael. Mikey, hold on a minute, son, Wally said in a shallow, soft voice. Let's keep this our little secret, okay? I love my wife, and I know she will be joining me soon, but Mike, I'm dead. She's in a nursing home a thousand miles away, and I can't leave this house to see her. I promised at the altar, until death do us part. I died. We parted. And now I'm doing Ariana's Aunt Lucy. Hubba, hubba. Uncle Wally, why don't the two of you get dressed and come downstairs for breakfast before everyone knows what you, or should I say who, you are doing up here? Relax, Michael. They already know. Hey, I haven't been with a woman in over twenty years. Don't you think I deserve a break? Wally asked. Well, I guess you're entitled. Besides, by this time next year, your wife may be here, and you'll have to be good again. Wally's smile turned to a frown. Wow, Mikey, you really know how to take the wind out of a guy's sails. Good, now get dressed and come down to celebrate Christmas with the rest of us, Michael said as he walked down the stairs. Wally slowly walked back to the guest room talking aloud. One lousy day I get to be with another woman. I was faithful my entire life and starting next year... I will have to be faithful for the rest of eternity. Wow. As Wally opened the door to the guest room pondering the rest of eternity, he looked inside while still standing in the hallway and asked, Lucy, are you hungry? Only for you, you big hunk of a man, Lucy replied. That's my girl. 
yelled Wally as he darted into the guest room, leaving the sheet that once covered his body on the hallway floor as the door shut behind him. Ariana came out of the bedroom in her pink satin robe and strolled toward Nicole's room. As she turned, she caught a glimpse of a white sheet lying on the floor down the hall. She just smiled. Meanwhile, Michael made his way downstairs and was greeted by many people yelling, Merry Christmas, Michael! He held his head and replied, It's too early for this. Coffee. I need coffee. As he walked through the dining room into the kitchen, he noticed that many guests had been up for several hours. Coffee cups were about everywhere, and cigarettes smoldered in crystal ashtrays at the end of the dining room table. As he walked into the kitchen, he spotted his mother wearing an apron and mixing batter in a large stainless steel bowl. Ariana's mother spooned the batter onto a hot griddle with a silver ladle. The sight was odd. Not only had Michael not seen his mother make pancakes in over ten years, he never saw her make them while wearing the formal gown she was buried in. They were making pancakes for the guests of the house. From the looks of the kitchen table, they had been at it for quite some time. Bet the two of you can't wait to go back to heaven. All you do down here is work. Look at all these golden brown pancakes. I wasn't hungry a minute ago, but I am now, Michael said. As we stated before, Michael, some things never change. But we don't mind. It makes us happy to be useful again, his mother replied. Okay then, but if you get tired, please let us know and I'll take over for a while. I have to get the presents set up by the tree for David before he wakes up and runs down here. Too late, Michael, his mother replied. Oh, no, is he down here already? No, I meant it's too late for you to set up the presents. Go look over by the tree, she replied. Michael grabbed his coffee and walked over to the family room. There, surrounding the tree, were all of the presents neatly wrapped and stacked one on top of each other. Who did all this? Well, we all pitched in. It didn't take long, and it was great fun, his mother replied. I'm sure David will be happy. Thanks so much, Michael said. Ariana walked into the family room with Nicole in her arms. She also noticed the gifts stacked by the tree. Michael, you did a great job, she said. Nope, it wasn't me. It was my mother and a few of her friends. It looks beautiful. I thought for sure we were going to be awakened by the sound of David crying that Santa never came. Thanks for helping out and allowing us to avoid that scene, Ariana said. At that moment, David bolted into the family room from the kitchen, still in his red flannel pajamas, and his hair disheveled, his cheeks were aglow as the excitement in his voice could be heard. Santa came, he yelled. As he ran to the pile of presents near the tree, his eyes were wide with wonder. As he inspected the gifts, a smile brightened his face that only a child could have on Christmas morning. Ariana announced to the rest of the guests to please come into the family room to share David's joy. Groups of people paraded from the front of the house to the back, passed through the kitchen and helped themselves to a breakfast of pancakes and jellies. David sat in the middle of the massive assortment of presents and kept his eye on the giant box just a few feet away. The family room was wall-to-wall -wall people staring at David and sharing this special moment, Christmas songs played on the stereo, 
and the mood was perfect as light snow fell outside. The ever-present red cardinal sat in the evergreen tree across the street and sang a methodic melody of joy. Now, before you open any presents from Santa, make sure you read the tag on each box first. I'm sure that some of those presents are for Nicole and your mom, Michael said. David scanned the boxes within reach, looking for the tags. Yeah, look, here is one for Nicole. Should I open it for her? Give it to your mom, and she will open it for Nicole. I'm sure you want to open your presents. I can wait, Dad. I don't mind if Nicole goes first. She is the youngest. Well, David, that is a very nice gesture. You are quite the proper young man, Ariana's father said. David opened Nicole's present from Santa. He unwrapped the box and threw the wrapping paper on the floor. Michael's mother brought a large plastic bag from the kitchen to collect the discarded paper and bows that were sure to pile up quickly. David opened the box and looked inside. Nicole got clothes, he said, as if to be disappointed for her. Ariana laughed. Well, it's not that bad, David. She needs clothes. I hope Santa brought me toys. I hate clothes, David said. The guests all laughed at David's remarks. Michael assured David that Santa had brought many toys and some sensible clothes. David opened his presents one by one. As he unveiled a gift, it was passed around the room for each guest to inspect and admire. Comments of, oh, isn't that something, and wow, look at that, were heard as the gift made its way from one end of the room to the other. A train set, a sled, a football, a new guitar, a baseball mitt, and many other gifts were bestowed upon David from Santa. Nicole received many gifts, including rattles, mobiles, learning toys, and lots of clothes. Hey, the tag on this present says it's from Grandma Marie to me, David suddenly exclaimed. A hush came over the crowd, for they all thought about the mass and matter rule Martha explained the previous evening. Oh, but I didn't, Marie stumbled to explain. Ariana came up behind her and whispered, Mom, I changed the tags on some of the presents while no one was looking. I know you couldn't bring the kids anything yourself, so I did it for you. Marie smiled at her daughter and said, David, I hope you enjoy it and Merry Christmas. David opened the present and found a camping kit that included a canteen, a compass, and a Swiss army knife. Wow, this is neat. Look, a compass. Now I won't ever get lost again. He stood up and ran to Marie and hugged her tight. Thanks, Grandma. This is the best present I have ever gotten. Oh, you are very welcome, David. Merry Christmas, grandson, Marie said, smiling from ear to ear. As David ran back to the tree to open more presents, Marie embraced Ariana. His love and thanks are the best Christmas present I have ever received. Thank you for bringing the joy of Christmas to my heart once again. I love you, Mom, said Ariana as they continued to hug. David walked over to the large box on the left side of the tree and read the tag. Hey, Dad, Santa brought you this big present. Michael smiled and walked over to the present and shook the box. Hmm, sounds like golf clubs. I wonder how you knew, Ariana replied. Michael opened the box and unveiled a new golf club set in a leather golf bag. 
Guess Santa wants me to relax a little more instead of working all the time, huh? Yes, Santa told me himself that you work too much, Ariana replied. That's funny. He told me that you worry too much, Michael said. The guests laughed at the exchange between husband and wife. Some of the guests made their way around the room to better view Michael's golf clubs. Ariana's father pulled one of the woods out of the bag and started to swing erratically. Other guests were ducking and jumping out of his motion with the club. Whoa, Dad, watch out, Ariana said as the club had barely missed Uncle Wally's head as he finally joined the celebration after his upstairs interlude with Ariana's Aunt Lucy. Whoa, that was a close one. Watch where you're swinging that thing, Arthur, said Wally. So did I miss much? I was about to ask you the same question, Marie replied as she walked by and gave Wally the evil eye. As Wally tried to explain himself, Michael reached behind David and retrieved a small present. He told David to give it to Ariana. This is from Santa, he said. Ariana took the present from David. Oh, Santa brought me a gift too. I guess I must have been a good girl this year. The crowd gathered around Ariana as she unwrapped the present and then opened it. Oh, Michael, it's beautiful, she said. When we got married, I didn't have enough money to give you a proper engagement ring. It may be ten years later, but I wanted to show you that I don't love you any less now than I did the day we were married. If anything, I love you just that much more, Michael said. Ariana removed the diamond ring from the satin pillow insert inside the flip-top case and slid it over her left hand's ring finger. The ring sparkled as the two-carat diamond caught a ray of light from a nearby window. Michael, thank you, she said as Michael approached and kissed her gently. The doorbell rang. Michael announced that he would answer the door and for everyone to stay in the family room out of sight. He walked to the foyer and thought to himself, who would be ringing the bell on Christmas morning? He stopped short of the door as he pondered the possibilities. He prayed that Jack and Wanda didn't change their minds about Florida and were now on the other side of the door wanting to come in and visit. He peeked out the sidelight window and saw a short, stocky man wearing a long leather overcoat and a black fedora standing on the front step. Can I help you? Michael asked as he opened the door. Merry Christmas, Carter. We've never formally met, but I'm Tony Cesario. I was the guy that the realtor was bringing over to buy this property about six months ago, the man replied. Oh, well, Merry Christmas, Mr. Cesario. How can I help you? I'm on my way to my mother's house for Christmas, and as I was driving by, I saw your house. I just had to stop. I gotta tell you, you have done an excellent job of fixing this place up. Hell, I'd buy it now and keep the house standing, Tony said. Uh, thank you, I don't mean to be rude, but we are in the middle of opening presents and I need to get back. Was there something else you needed? Michael asked. No, I just wanted to let you know that I am still interested in buying this property. Here's my card. I will give you top dollar. Why don't you call me directly after the first of the year to talk about it? We can cut out the realtor's commission that way, Tony replied. I'm afraid that won't be necessary, Mr. Cesario. I won't be selling this house. Not this year, not next, not ever. 
You have no idea what this house means to my family and me, Michael said. Well, it never hurts to ask, Carter. Mind if I come in and take a look around? It sounds like you're having a big party in there, Tony asked as he stepped forward and tried to see past Michael. No, I don't think this would be a good time. It's a special family moment. You know what I mean, don't you? Michael asked as he blocked Tony from entering the house. Tony stepped back and responded, Yeah, I guess I can relate. Well, if you ever change your mind, let me know. I'll call you in a few months. Never know. You might change your mind. Merry Christmas, Mr. Cesario. I have to get going. Don't bother calling in a few months. The house is not on the market. Have a great day, Michael said as he stepped back and closed the door. Same to you, Carter. I'll keep in touch, Tony said as he walked down the front walkway to his lone car parked out on the street. He said to himself, I'll get that property sooner or later, Carter. It's just a matter of time. As Tony pulled away from the curb, he noticed the lack of other vehicles on the street. Sounded like there were a lot of people in there. What'd he do? Bus his relatives in? Where are their cars? Tony continued to ponder that thought as he drove away from the house. Michael returned to the family room, ripped up the business card Tony had just given him, and dropped the shredded pieces into a nearby ashtray. He rejoined the guests as they were watching David open more presents. Who was that at the door? Ariana asked. That buyer, Tony Cesario. He wanted to buy the house. I told him it wasn't for sale now or ever, especially not after what has happened here over the last fifteen hours, Michael replied. Martha, who popped in and out of the celebration from time to time, said, Watch out for that Mr. Cesario, Michael. He could be a problem. He is not an honest person. Martha, you came back. I didn't hear the doorbell ring. The door was open, so I just let myself in. Hope you don't mind. Uh, don't be silly, Martha. This is still your house just as much as it is ours. I'm serious, Michael. That Cesario man is trouble. Be careful of him. I will, Martha. I will never let him get his hands on this property, I promise. Martha just smiled nervously. She was fully aware of how determined Mr. Cesario was to get his hands on the house. She could only hope that Michael would remain strong-willed and committed to keeping the house, no matter what might happen in the future. Mr. Cesario could well be Michael's strongest test of faith. Later that same day. The rest of the day was spent helping David and Nicole assemble their new toys. All of the guests joined to lend a hand and shared that beautiful feeling that only Christmas could bring to a heart. It was now nearing 6 p.m., and Michael and Ariana started feeling stressed. They realized that this fantasy that had been their lives for the last 24 hours was quickly coming to an end. How would they be able to wait an entire year to see their loved ones again? How would they cope with the loss of not being able to talk and hug them for another 365 days? Martha found Michael and Ariana sitting at the dining room table and joined them. Don't be sad or depressed, children. It is tough to understand the feelings you will experience the first time that this happens. I have been through it many times. The first year after my father died, I was a basket case until I could finally see him again. I never wanted him to leave, but he did have to leave. 
It's difficult to repeat the goodbye every Christmas, but you have been given a great gift. Other people say goodbye forever. If only for one day, you can see your families for the rest of your lives and beyond. It truly is a blessing, Martha stated. We know this is a great gift, Martha. We can't thank you enough. It's so hard to say goodbye to someone you have already missed for so many years. We just want them to stay here forever. But I guess that wouldn't make much sense. It would defeat the whole purpose of this magical house, Ariana said. Time passes quickly. Before you know it, Christmas will be upon us once again. And just think, you will be so much better prepared for all of this next year, Martha replied. That's an understatement. It's a shame we can't exchange presents, though. I would love to give my parents something for Christmas. You have given them something more valuable than anything you could ever buy for them at a store, Michael. You have given them your love and a new memory that they never had before. The memories they will take back mean more than a thousand neckties or jewelry boxes. And in turn, they have given you memories of them that you would have never had otherwise. Memories are the very best gifts in the world. Long after the necktie is out of style or the jewelry box has broken, the memory of sharing time is still meaningful. The time you share is the most valuable present of all, Martha said. As Ariana and Michael smiled and pondered Martha's words, the grandfather clock chimed. Chime, 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 chime. It was 6 p.m., Christmas night. The guests gathered, putting on their coats and carrying the now-empty trays as they left the house until next year. Michael and Ariana walked to the foyer and bid a tearful farewell to each guest as they departed. As the guests started to parade out into the darkness, David came to Michael with his coat and gloves. Dad, Grandma and Grandpa want me to walk with them. Okay, but stay by the house, Michael said. Michael's parents and his brother Billy came to the front door. This was the best Christmas this family has ever had, Michael's father said as they hugged. I love you, Dad. I will count the days until next Christmas. Ariana, take care of Nicole. We look forward to seeing her grow up over the next many years, Michael's mother said. God bless all of you. Have a safe trip. Is that appropriate to say? Ariana asked. Michael's mother laughed and replied, Yes, dear, it is very appropriate. Michael embraced Billy and patted him on the back. Take care of Mom and Dad for me. It's cool, Michael. You take care of yourself, okay? Billy replied. Michael nodded as Billy turned away and walked out the front door with his parents. David followed them outside. Ariana's parents and Martha were the last to leave. They stopped at the door and exchanged hugs and kisses. Be good, you two. See you next year. Take care of this beautiful house, Martha said. Michael hugged Martha and promised to keep the faith. Ariana was having a difficult time saying goodbye to her parents. It's been such a long time since I could hold the two of you. I don't want it to end, 
Ariana said. Honey, it will be okay. We'll be back next Christmas. We promise, her mother said. Son, you are the perfect husband for my little girl. I couldn't have asked for a better man to love and protect her, said her father. Thanks, Dad. I will continue to do my best, Michael replied. The Campbells and Martha exited the house. As they proceeded down the front walkway, Michael and Ariana gazed upon them as they melted into the darkness and then out of sight. Michael closed the front door. He placed his arms around Ariana, who laid her head on his chest as they strolled toward the kitchen. The telephone rang. Ariana walked over to the kitchen counter and answered the phone. Hello, she said. Mrs. Carter, this is Officer Calloway down at the Chicago City Morgue. I'm sorry to bother you on Christmas Day, but one of our detectives called you yesterday. You were going to come down to identify a boy's body that was pulled out of the lake? Oh, that's not necessary, officer. Our son returned home last night. I am sorry, I probably should have called you to let you know. Ma'am, are you sure? The other parents of the other missing boys have already been here and made a positive ID that the boy we found was not their son, the officer said. Yes, I am sure. David is home safe and sound, replied Ariana. Okay then, ma'am. Sorry to bother you. Merry Christmas, the officer said. Ariana hung up the phone as Michael walked into the kitchen. Who was that on the phone? It was the city morgue. I completely forgot to call them back last night after David came home. They were waiting for us to come down and identify the body of a boy they found. Thank God we don't have to go through that. What a terrible experience that must be, to look at a loved one who has died and admit that they are your son or daughter. Yes, I know, especially in a case like this, a drowning victim— Probably isn't the most pleasant sight at any time, much less with your own child. Michael stopped dead in his tracks. Drowning victim? Yes. The boy at the morgue was pulled out of Lake Michigan. He drowned. Michael started to shake. Oh, my God, David. What? Michael, what's wrong? David was soaking wet and ice cold when he came home last night. David arrived here at exactly 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Martha brought him home. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Oh, God, no, she said as she started to scream out for David as she ran frantically through the house. David, David, where is he? He walked out with my parents. He left at 6 p.m. They both looked at each other and then ran to the front door. As Michael swung the door open, they ran outside to the front step as they looked out toward the wooded area across the street. There was nothing but darkness. Michael called out for David again and again, but there was no answer.